everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And as per usual, we have mm-hmm. a special guest today. Emery, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, this is my friend Louisa. We have been good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you gotta say it. I'm it's sorry. gonna be funnier. Uh, we've, been, we've been good friends for a couple years now. And we actually met interestingly enough, on uh, a dating app called Tinder. So that's how we started our <laughs> and you friendship. S- and you still like each other. Yeah, I find her tolerable. Yeah. So, yeah. so Louisa, how are you doing? I'm doing great after that introduction. I feel a lot better. You know, honesty is the most important thing. So, <laughs> Well, it's like, it's tough out there right now for single folks, too. So it's like, I mean, you probably make a lot of acquaintances just through dating. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, or you figure out people you just never want to interact with again. Yeah, just like, oof, forget that. But Louisa, was, was she's great, so, yeah, I... I, I, I <laughs> it's a good find. That's what I'm here today. I'm struggling so much. <laughs> <laughs> Best introduction ever. Yeah. You could just keep all of this in. Yeah, oh, I will, I will. So now that we've gotten through introductions, I have to tell you about the show. Yep. So you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Forward Radio. On You can also find us on forwardradio.org. You can also listen to us on streaming services, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, CastBox, and Google Play. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Two Nuts in a Pod, but two is spelled out, and Instagram, Two Nuts in a Pod, but the two is the number two. Yep. And then you can also email us at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. And that is all the business. So you can find us in so many places. And you can email us your questions, your fan mail, because we get so much of that. You know, it's all, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a little, it's really a burden. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, a little obsessive on some of our fans' parts, but it's fine. And we'll respond to any questions in a timely fashion, but that is all of our business. And for our fans, like, if you want to send us stuff, like, antidepressants would be a great thing to send uh you know could never have enough of those always we're ready to try a new one yeah any type of any type of uh prescriptions would be great to send. yeah <laughs> i've tried like all of them so it, it'll be like a challenge try to send lizzie an antidepressant that she's never tried before Ooh, that is a fun challenge yeah i like that challenge <laughs> well actually even if you email it to us like how about this one i'll be like yep yeah, you could do that. Because I've realized, like, when people tell me what medications they're taking, I'm like, yeah, tried that. Tried that one. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I've really been through the ringer. But, Natural uh, things, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I've tried some of those, but weirdly, I will... I react really badly to some supplements. Like, mm-hmm. St. John's wort really mm-hmm. makes me feel, like, mm-hmm. not good. Like, I get really anxious and just, like, shaky and weird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Probably not. That's going to do that one. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's another one that does weird stuff to me. I don't think so. I've had good luck with, like, mushrooms, like cordyceps and um, reishi mushrooms. You've never tried them? No, never. They're, like, just, they're adaptogens, I'm pretty sure. So it's just, like, levels out your, not levels out, but it just kind of puts you in a good mood and energetic. And, yeah, I haven't been taking them lately because... My anxiety had been so bad, I'm just trying not to do anything that'll stir it up. Like, I want less energy, so I'm not dealing with the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anywho, we're going to start our first segment right now, which is, how are you for real? So, usually when people ask you how you're doing, you just say, fine, and then 
I'm conversation okay. over. Or I'm yeah, good. I'm okay. Can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> I can Monday. always complain. Going great. <laughs> it's such a lie if I say I can't complain. TGIF. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so we want to hear how people actually are and talk about how we actually are. And it's okay if it's good. That's fine too. But just be honest, you guys. I'm serious. Yeah. Love honesty. The fans mm-hmm. can't see me, but I'm making a gesture that is very threatening. Yeah, it's very, very threatening. That's yeah, a and I'm making intense eye contact. She, yeah, with she's both scaring of them. me. She's scaring she's me. Staring at I got the crazy me. eyes. <laughs> what did I get myself into? So I'll I'll start by asking you, Lizzie. Uh oh. How are you doing? For real. So today. Plot twist. I'm actually doing great. Uh Uh-oh. Which I haven't felt that way in a really long time, because, like, this summer's been really bad for my mental health, and I've just been feeling depressed and really anxious, and I I think a lot of it is, like, the COVID stuff. Like, I'm just not coping very well with it, which isn't shocking. Like, I don't cope well in, in general with change or with uncertainty i know that's like a cliche now to say uncertain we're in uncertain times Mm -hmm. but it's it's real um but i'm doing great i went on like an impromptu vacation this weekend went to a lake house in french lick was it french lick yeah it's like in that area i'm going there tomorrow oh my gosh (laughs) for the spa or just just for fun yeah it's fun cool But yeah, it was gorgeous. I got to meet some new people who were really nice. And it's like the group just vibed, you know, like sometimes you don't know if you're going to meet a few new people. Sometimes it can, you know, even if you like them, it can just be a little uncomfortable. Like the conversation feels stilted and it just, you know, you don't feel like you can relax around them. But it was just this group of people were so cool and just like laid back and like interesting and so we just all clicked like i told them all i'm gonna stalk them on social media after that trip but um yeah i just got to sit on a pontoon and i'm super sunburnt uh you'll see from the picture that we post (laughs) but i didn't have any social anxiety like at all like maybe i had it and that compared to my last trip i went on which was also a lake trip where i felt like I was locked in my head like I couldn't even talk at some points because yeah. my social anxiety was so bad. But this time, like, I maybe had a few moments of it, and then I'd be like, Lizzie, chill out, and then I'd be fine. So that tells me my new drug, which, um, Prestique, it sounds like a magician, but <laughs> it it's an antidepressant that works for depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and so I think it's already working. Nice. And I'm proud to say after the last episode... Where I was talking about how like I'd been taking Ativan too much. I've only had like one Ativan in the past like two weeks, I think. So that's a huge step, yeah. and the new drugs are working. So I'm a little tired, but otherwise I feel great today. That is great. Yeah, you've awesome. talked a lot about your about, but your social anxiety, especially the last trip. Yeah, you, know, you experienced a lot of it. So it's great to hear that you didn't have that many issues this time. Yeah, or you were kind of able to like do a little positive self talk and kind of like redirect. Yeah, your thinking and mindset during that time. Because whenever I get locked in my head, I would just be like, "You don't have to talk. You don't have to perform for anyone or entertain anyone. Like you can just be here." And like a lot of the other people there were talkers, and so I tend to work well with people who are more talkative because I can just be a little more like um, 
I can be more introverted. I kind of, I'm an introvert, extrovert, ambivert. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes it really just depends on my mood. So I had to tell myself like, it's okay if your mood is just to be quiet right now Mm -hmm. and other people will talk and you don't have to worry about, you know, chatting everyone up the whole time. Mm -hmm. So that helped a lot. That's great. Um, So Emery, how are you for real? And you better not lie to me. I will not lie to you. I am doing pretty well. Oh uh, my gosh, look at us. I know, we're two for two. Louisa, don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me to be honest. It is, it's weird. I, uh, I've yeah, been doing pretty well. Cause, so for anyone that's listened before, I was hospital, hospitalized. That word is really good. You gonna, got it this I time. You nailed time. it. Uh, about a month ago. And, uh, and that was a really, really difficult experience. And I had gone through a lot of just issues with suicidal ideation and suicidal planning and my mental illness stuff just kind of popped back up and was really overwhelming for me at times. And lately though, I felt, I feel really good. I feel really positive and upbeat. Even when I'm having any type of negative self-talk or any type of negative thinking, I'm able to kind of quickly redirect or shift it mm-hmm. or just kind of like sit with it for a little bit and be like, this is okay to feel this right now. It's okay to feel kind of sad and kind of down and then just sit with it for a little bit and be like, it'll pass just like it has always passed before. And I think only one night recently I was kind of having, I felt like a panic attack was coming on mm. and I was able, I don't really know how I was able to do it, but it was like just redirecting with positive self-talk. And usually I, you know, there's like no positivity coming in during a panic attack for me, but I was able to kind of redirect my mindset and then really do some like meditative work where I was just focused on, you know, what was around me and, and trying to like really focus on like my senses and everything. And so that's been going pretty well. And like lately I've been on, a gajillion walk and talks, my little walkie talkies. Oh, you're still doing it. Nice. <laughs> Where I go on a walk with someone and I talk with them. I did one with Louisa too. That's actually going to be a spin off podcast, walkie talkies. Walkie talkies. <laughs> we can just go on walks and talks. And uh, that's been really nice. I did, I mean, I had one yesterday where we walked across the Big Four Bridge and I did one where we walked in a friend's neighborhood and that was just, just nice little things to do. And uh, I had a friend cook dinner for me and everything. Like, it's just been really nice oh, to have that's sweet. a really strong, supportive network. Um, and some people that I'm really close to and some that I'm not that close to. But, I mean, I can kind of talk to a brick wall, so it's not really that difficult for me to <laughs> interact with anyone. Uh, Why don't you just walk next to buildings and <laughs> talk to yourself then? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good idea. Uh, there are plenty of buildings downtown, so I can just start doing that. Or yeah. just, you know walk and talk next to the cars and everything yeah Uh, (laughs) lots of inanimate objects (laughs) so many new friends (laughs) uh so yeah that's been really positive for me and um and just really focusing on being outside as well even though it is ten thousand degrees all the time here uh i pretty much wear the same thing every day where i wear shorts where i used to not wear shorts i was a jeans boy Mm. always wearing my jeans yeah and i would wear t-shirts but i usually wore dark t-shirts and now i'm all about these little blue shorts that i have which is like you know kind of cute on me and a little white undershirt and you guys can't see this but they're inappropriately short (laughs) they're awkward they're They're really weird he's wearing booty shorts (laughs) no but you said little shorts that's what i thought of they're normal lengths (laughs) but they just it's because it's so freaking hot but it's been nice to go outside so just experiencing outside with other people, um, just doing hikes with people, doing walks, little walks here and there with people has been really, really positive. And then just being good about my medicine and then being very mindful about what I'm doing and also like 
whenever I'm doing something where I'm maybe watching like Netflix for a little while, I'm like, you know what? Don't make yourself feel guilty. We're in a pandemic. Things suck. Things are weird. You already beat yourself up enough about stuff. Just be gentle with yourself and be cool about it. And yeah. I'm like, all right, Emery, I think I will. I will watch another episode of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I've been doing, and it's been really positive. So I feel very upbeat, and yeah, we are two for two. It is weird because this has been Ooh. this has been a tough summer. Yeah, it's been a tough for summer both of for us. us, and we have both been like kind of on this just train of sadness for a while. Yeah, and it's nice to it's nice to feel good. Yeah, um, do you think that? Like compared to before you were, because you hadn't been on medication for a while until recently. And as far as being able to like sit with the feelings and, and quickly kind of move on, do you think that the drugs make a difference with that? Or have you noticed a difference? I, it's one of those things I haven't really kept tally of it. I haven't really noticed, but it's just like, okay, no, I've had a lot of like really good days. And it's, I think it's, I've had, yeah, several, several good days, but also it's, I guess it's coupling with interacting with other people, talking about my feelings and emotions, and then also taking the medication at the same time. And then implementing any type of, any type of like positive coping strategies or positive mindfulness practices, and just being really intentional about that work and knowing that it's work. Like this isn't, you know, because the easy thing for me to do is be like, okay, well, I'm just going to lay in bed for a Or just be like, I want a magic pill and I'm not going to do any of the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not just taking the magic pill. It's actually putting in the work, which is can be difficult at times. And that's that's been really, really great for me. And then I've also, I am in two book clubs. I'm in two anti-racist book clubs. I'm reading the new Jim Crow right now for one of them. And that book is seriously phenomenal it's by michelle alexander it is such a good book it talks about mass incarceration and it is just an amazing book but it's one of those books that i can only read like 10 pages at a time because i'm just like okay that was that was intense mentally and emotionally draining and also frustrates me but it gets me like thinking gets my brain going Mm -hmm. and it's one of those books where so i do the thing where i take pictures of quotes and things in books where i'm just like i'm just like constantly taking pictures of the book so if anyone looks at my phone they're like there's no like pictures of you or like (laughs) animals it's just pictures of pages i'm seeing a trend here of you being into inanimate objects (laughs) might want to look into that it's really into these books and then the other one is actually they're not doing a book right now they're (laughs) listening to a podcast because they're trying to be inclusive of everyone one's schedules and everything and they're listening to the 1619 podcast which is produced by the new york times so just both of those have been great and then so that's just been like a really like i mean it's not necessarily fun but it's just been energizing for my brain and and that's really good for me because if i'm gonna be taking anything in i want to be learning and kind of like thinking of ideas and thinking about how i can relate and connect to you know where i live and my own community so that's been really exciting for me so that's you know even though those are like those are difficult things to consume they're not like light material to consume but it's been exciting for me to learn more and to be able to use that with my own experiences so yeah i feel oddly very positive and good okay which almost makes me uncomfortable but yeah this is now here we are louisa i mean how are you gonna are you good are you bad no pressure guys i'm completely gonna (laughs) yeah that's fine no honestly i have to ask the question though oh yeah how are you for real? Okay. Well, for real, I am extremely tired. Hmm. Um, and it's a tiredness that I don't know how to explain because, yeah, I, I do work out. But it's not like, oh, I work out eight hours straight. Or it's not like I've been working outside or anything. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. But I feel 
tired. And then this past week, I, a friend mentioned a term, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel, which is like overstimulated. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. Regardless of whether I'm good or bad, I, I don't know how to define it, but I'm feeling overstimulated. So I do my work and I do other things outside of my work that are also related with social justice. And I think that there is a point where you cannot draw a line anymore and you start questioning everything, like absolutely everything. And you're like, am I like, is me drinking this bad thing? You know, am I calling the person in the right name? So... I am feeling a little like, wow, I don't know where the sense of being in this world of social justice can like really wear you down and make you question absolutely everything that you're doing. Yeah. And of course, social media plays a huge role on that. So I have tried to just block my social media, but I have a love and hate relationship and I'm, 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 no, I'm not the only one, you know? Yeah. Or here, but I I keep connected with friends. I'm, I'm I wasn't born in the United States. I was born in Colombia, and I also have friends in other countries. So it seems like that's the most reasonable way to connect with people. So that's why I cannot just be like, oh, I'll unplug. All my circle is right here in yeah. Louisville. That's not my case. But sometimes I just want to like literally like turn off everything that's happening outside with social justice, uh, with racial injustices uh, in the world. And then I feel a little, like, heaviness of this country and the heaviness from my country. (laughs) So sometimes I'm just like, oh, let me just take this off. So in a nutshell, I feel overstimulated and a little tired. Well, which those two go together. I mean, it makes sense. And, like, I do feel like... I always associate anxiety with being overstimulated, and I think we're just in a very anxious world right now. Yes. Everybody, I mean, probably, like, antidepressants and anti-anxieties are flying off the shelves, like medications. Like, they're probably, the pharmaceutical companies are very happy. And maybe they're behind this. Have we thought about that? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one thing I didn't mention in the introduction. Uh with about Luisa, she just does so much advocacy work, nonprofit work, social justice work. So I, I imagine, with so much of that and with everything going on right now, that has to be incredibly overstimulating and just exhausting. It is exhausting. Is not. I'm not saying it's not good work. It's amazing work. But I feel respect because I don't even do a half of what other people do. So I feel a lot of respect for people out there, just you know, nonstop going and doing and protesting and doing all the work that needs to do that. But at some point, you just got to like, okay, I need to reset yeah, and continue because it's a long, you know, it's a long fight. Nothing is going to change in one day. So, yeah, sometimes, and that's exactly what I am today. So that's what uh, tomorrow I'm going in a little trip yeah, uh, to the French Lick, mm-hmm. since you mentioned it, just because I, you know, it's the safest thing that you can do this time, just a little short one day trip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wait, what is that place called? French Lick. French Lick. Yeah, two words. Is that in Kentucky or Indiana? Indiana. Indiana. French Lick. Mm-hmm. Why have I not heard of that? Is they've it... got a spa. They've got a casino. It's just, it's a resort. Oh, it's got a, I think I've heard of the casino before. I didn't know it had like a spa and nice stuff like that. Yeah. 
my um, sister and my brother-in-law, after they got married, they had like a spa weekend there and they said it was wonderful. Nice. Well, I'm, I didn't know about this spa. I've been to Bloomington and I really liked it. And cool. I think there's like a little forest or something like that around there, like a big park. It's beautiful there. And I'm it's, excited. it's like a little bit cooler than it is here. I don't know if it's because of the lake, which it's actually a man-made lake. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's basically mm. a giant bathtub. <laughs> I was think of that with man-made <laughs> oh, lakes nice. or human-made. Gosh, patriarchy, man. Oh god, yeah. Mm, yeah. Woman and man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Human, yes. <laughs> well, cool. We're going to take a quick break and then we're just going to dive right in. Okay? BRB. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. We're back! (laughs) Pew, 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 pew! I'm doing finger guns, if you couldn't tell. We wanted to sound like real radio people. I was trying to put it on, I was trying to put on a radio personality voice. I'm becoming that person. Uh, so yeah, we're back. We missed you guys, as usual. Yeah, it's, it was really um, sad. It was a long five minutes. It's rough. <laughs> Uh, or one minute. <laughs> this is one minute. But we're back with our friend Louisa, who is in nonprofit advocacy and social justice work. We're so happy that she's here. Yes. <laughs> Emery's face killing me. Uh, so, Louisa, you mentioned being from Colombia, and I'm wondering how has that affected your experience? Like, you know being an immigrant and especially in the climate we're in now, like how has that impacted your mental health? Uh, Okay. Well, that's a great question and there's a lot to unpack there. So I think the first, like the most evident one is the inability to travel uh, that I feel like that completely, it has really affected me and my mental health. (laughs) We're the same <laughs> in that way. Just just knowing that I don't know when I will see my mom, my brothers, and my grandmother again, it's really strange. I've never had that problem. And I am a very lucky immigrant because I am documented. So I always have had the capacity to go whenever I want to. Not saying that I'm rich, still very expensive. So it, it is not like, oh yeah, tomorrow I'm gonna go to Colombia and then yeah, I go. I'm just gonna go to yeah, Colombia. Like, I'm feeling whimsical. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> a weekend trip to Colombia <laughs> definitely hasn't been my my case. But I at least go once a year. So it is the one thing that I'm like, okay, always looking forward, always like thinking in my head, and it is a recharging thing for me. Um, 
and knowing that I don't know when that's going to happen again, it's really putting me in this strange like feeling that I'm like, it's okay, you know, it's okay, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> but that part, I have a very um, close, well, I'm very close with all my family. So it's a big family. I'm close to my aunts. I'm close to my uncles. My I have two brothers there and then all my cousins. And But my grandmother is the love of my life. I oh, absolutely, I yes, like she's the love of my life. I, I love all my family and all members, but there is this one person that, you know, I absolutely adore with everything and it is not a thing that I cannot say about her that doesn't make me feel like oh my heart is is completely full. Oh. So and she's eighty two, so she's still healthy, she's still doing a lot of crafts and I think that's the reason that I also do a lot of knitting. She taught me last year to crochet and then I've been taking over that. But it is really like crossing the thought that because everything that is happening, at some point, I you know, something could happen and I would not see her again. Let's hope that's not the case. I mean, I'm always trying to be hopeful. But I that thought has crossed my mind several times and it probably has put me in maybe in like a very sad mindset. So... I feel like the the first the first and most like evident one is like not being able to travel, not being able to see my family. Luckily, we live in a time where there is FaceTime and WhatsApp and all these things, and we can and everybody knows how to use it. Even my grandmother now has to knows how to use the video calls. She's now YouTube. Whoa, um, <laughs> Grandma's on YouTube. Yeah. Does she have a channel? Can I subscribe? I'm, I'm gonna open her a channel, but like she's making videos here and there. Oh, like nice. now she's like looking everything on YouTube. Like I so love like, that. Hmm. Like that shows like that shows, especially being from her generation, just having a very curious mind and a learner mindset of like absolutely. This is cool. I'm not gonna be self conscious because it might take me longer to learn it. I'm just gonna dive right in. Good yeah. job, Grandma. That's very cool. Absolutely, you describe that perfectly because she's a a very active mind person. Um, always wanting to do a different craft, always wanting to learn a, a different one. And I feel like because of the pan- pandemic, like. Like the books and the magazines were not enough for her, so she discovered YouTube and now is like, you know, a monster. <laughs> so all the time, like, oh, this is the new thing that I'm gonna do. I love so it. I'm proud of her for that. Uh, but yeah, okay, so one thing it is the inability to travel. The next thing that has affected my mental health, I don't know if it's affected the right word, but at least like in my personal story, kind of like created more of a dimple it is the fact that i I, i'm a a very like community oriented person and i like to be with people and i think you describe it perfectly when you're describing your trip i i'm not an extrovert i like to be in a group with people Hmm. not exactly the talker i'm definitely not the center of attention i just like to be like right there like participating observing yeah absorbing listening just and it makes me feel really happy like that sense. So with everything that is happening right now and not, I mean, I don't have a close circle of friends. My father lives in Lexington, uh, but but I don't get that in a, you know, not even in like monthly base like at all anymore. You know, I before it was 
more natural to do it at work. I work with a nonprofit that is Latino oriented. It's for middle and high school Latino students. And then we help them to get to college and all sorts of education. But I at least got to see them once a week. And I got to hang out with them, and I got to hang out with the families. And so kind of like that, what I was used to it before moving to the United States, I was receiving through those, like, weekly, just checking in with people, sitting in a table, and eating together. We're not even best friends, but I knew there was a sense of community. Yeah. Um. So the lack of, like, that community has put me also like, oh, <laughs> what's happening? Where's my community? I don't even know who was my community if it's not to work. And it has made me question, like, r- friendships and relationships and be like, well, I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah, it really, COVID has done that where you kind of, everyone has kind of chosen their pod of people yes. that they feel safe seeing. And, yeah, it's kind of weird noticing people that you're not seeing as much and being like why is that like you know i mean i guess it's strategic for some people of like i'm gonna keep hanging out with the people i've seen so that we don't spread but um yeah it sounds like you're kind of like in this period of isolation and then also overstimulated with everything that's going on and i mean that's you're very resilient for dealing with all that Thank you. Um, so one thing you mentioned, it is the uh, inability to maybe, um, I don't know exactly how to say that, but so for, and I'm not just speaking for the experience of an immigrant, but from a person who was moved to a new city, right? So you have not connected or created all your community through your life. And I feel like Louisville is a city where a lot of people have created a community through all their lives. Mm-hmm. So when I meet new people, meet you all uh, and then I encounter this you have created this niche for 20 years or 30 years or 10 years or something like that and that hasn't been my experience then it, it is a little harder to jump into that circle and create my or make myself a priority within your circle right so and that happens to a lot of immigrants that happens to a lot of and just people move to a new place, but I, I personally speaking from the experience of an immigrant and just like wow, like where, where is like where is the people that I went to high school with? Yeah. <laughs> they moved along like they are all over the world. Where are the friends from college? Same thing. Like you know, I went to another different college. So the lack of like the same people all over my life has never been present. So it's like, okay, I guess I gotta move to a new place and start another, another like new community. Thing is that it's getting harder with age, and now yeah. COVID just put like the the like cream on top. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I'm already a 30 year old person that has a hard time like finding friendships and dating and all these things, and then COVID like makes it like super hyper hard. <laughs> yeah. To to try to connect with people and. To like make them be like, oh, do you want to hang out with me? Well, they probably want to hang out with their family and their friends that know for a long time. Well, yeah, and especially right now, people, there's probably not a lot of people making new friends because everyone's kind of, everyone's isolated. But then you have on top of that, how long have you been in Louisville? Uh, six years. 
six years. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've been here 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. And I feel like I'm maybe in the past few years have kind of figured out, like, who my crew is. Like, I mean, when I moved here, I immediately had, like, since my husband's from here and went to high school here, which is such a thing. When you meet people in Louisville, they always ask what high school you went to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I didn't grow up here. Yes. But, like, they get all this information from the answer. So I've learned now that I have to ask the question. But I don't know how to react when people answer. When people are yes. from here, they're like, oh, okay. Eastern? All right. Respectable. <laughs> they have a reaction to it. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. But anyway, when I moved here, I immediately kind of adopted all my husband's friends. And it takes me a long time to open up to people. And so even though I had this immediate like friend group, it's taken longer for me to like be really vulnerable with people. Because with my social anxiety, I tend to just want to perform instead of, like, really opening up to people. Yeah. And But it's such a huge thing with mental health. It's like having a support system. Yes. And it sounds like your family is a huge support system for you, and you don't have any of them here, right? Yes. Yeah, well, my father is in Lexington, and I'm very thankful for him. Um, so he is my support system in Lexington, still not here in Louisville. Uh, but there's a lot to put only in one person. And, and that's probably what I'm more used to, that my support system is not a one person. So as, in my experience, it's never been like my significant other, like my dating person or my mom. It's always been like a group of people. And I think it's because I grew up. I grew up literally in my grandmother's house with my aunt, my uncle, my mom, and all of them in the same house. So there's like seven people in the same house. So learning to put all my feelings in many people, not just in one, has been my natural to go. Mm -hmm. um, and learning that here, um, and I don't want to say United States because that's like abroad, but at least my experience in Kentucky, Lexington and Louisville, I, I realize that people have a very like, you know, close-knit you're either your person that you're dating um, or in a relationship with, and then your group of friends, and then that's about it. Um, and then that's why you, who you spend your time. This is, like, who you dedicate. But, like, there, there's not, like, bigger than that. Your circle doesn't tend to be bigger. It is bigger sometimes when you go to parties, but not for, like, daily things. Like, I'm sick and I need a chicken soup. Yeah. Can you please, like, bring it over or something like that? So I, a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I, so I grew up here, was born and raised here. You so went I, to Eastern High School, I know that. I did go to Eastern mm -hmm. High School, yep. I get asked that question a lot. Love, <laughs> love that question. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I can definitely understand, and I, I can't relate to it in, in many ways, obviously, because I grew up here. So, yeah, there's there's friends that I have that, you know, there's a friend that I just saw for her birthday that I've known her since I was in second grade. I mean, I mean, it's just like friends that from such deep relationships. And that's because a part of me, when, when you all were talking about that, I was like, man, I wish there was like a program here that found people that just moved here. And it's like, okay, we're going to find you friend groups. We're going to find you good friend groups. But then it was like me trying to like think of like some way to fix this problem. But it's like 
really, I mean, it's it still it just sucks because it sucks that individuals can come here and they don't feel the connections and they feel very much like a lot of groups are very cliquish and very much like standoffish and we don't need new people so you can just find yourself with your own world and that that really is unfortunate and then it made me think of Louisa you talked before and this was in our private conversations with our little walkie-talkie just about with the United States in general and just like a di- those cultural differences as well as far as emphasizing more individualism and you know that's rooted in like capitalism as well as like i'm gonna get to the top and i'm the highest achiever and i'm number one and who cares about anybody else but when you're having a pandemic and you don't have a community that makes you even more isolated it exacerbates all these problems and issues and you had mentioned that before like with in colombia there's more of that strong connected community as opposed to here and i feel that and i have i have a lot of friends and a strong support network and sometimes I still feel isolated. And it's like, well, am I really cultivating a strong community or is it just like people I know from back when or whatever? So it just is interesting to think of that dynamic too. And I wondered if you wanted to elaborate a little bit on that too. Um, sure. So how do I even start with that? <laughs> um, give me something to say. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having like a, a brain fog about that. Okay. Where? So give, give have, it you, to me have you like... Has has it been challenging to switch to like that mindset of like, or just to deal with other people's mindset of like individualism? Like, I would think that if you come from a culture that's more communal, that you would just come here and be like, everyone's a bunch of jerks. Like, they don't want to wear face masks. Like, they don't, you know, like nobody has that community mindset. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, just to just to be honest, there are jerks in Colombia too that don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> so it's happening all over the place. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the community or like the collective culture has been something that it's pretty ingrained in me, and I always look for it. So when I talked about collective culture, it is you know something as simple as like uh, public transportation. Right? So you solve one issue for many people at a time rather than solving it for one person. Um, it, it happens in many, I mean, it, Colombia, like at least Bogota, has like a mega city, has more than 10 million people. So it tends to happen, and I, I don't think it's specifically from, from Colombia, but it tends to happen in like cities that are like very large, where you're like looking for solutions for, you know, for the mass and not just for one person individually. But additionally to that, there is that concept that if you're feeding one person, then you can feed 10. Hmm. And then that concept also that in an apartment that, you know, there has two two bedrooms, eight people can live. No problem. So I grew up with that. Like, I have no problem with, like, the whole, like, privacy here. At the beginning, I was like, oh, these people are obsessed with privacy. They just love (laughs) their privacy. (laughs) Give me, give me space. Give me privacy. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm very used to like people like walking all over me. It's like I get into a bus and I, you know, I I'm watching my personal parts. At least, at least nothing happens there. But I know that people are gonna like touch me all over. It it is just part of it. So I'm very used to and very familiar with this. So then this COVID thing happens, and then now it's cool to like <laughs> get really away from people. You know, like get. So in my 
ahead, like all these dreams about like the collective culture are like completely shattered. It's like great now they just gotta go a green go and they're like, give me my space, give me my privacy, don't touch me, don't anything like that. And I'm having to do the same because I don't want to get like ill either. So I think there's like the idea of like a collective as something that could be good has definitely been challenged through this pandemic. And now what you were mentioning, Emory, about like this sense of like go getter and do everything, you know, like like a very capitalistic. And I don't think Colombia is not capitalistic. It, it is definitely still in like wanting to be more capitalistic. But because things haven't worked out that well, people are still trying to do things the other the other way and it's still like keeping with other values more. So we talked a little bit about the collective, but and I think there is another layer to the collective and specifically in this society. I don't know if define it as American society because it's the United States of America, it's not just America. But there is the aspect of like the go getter tendency, right? Which I don't even know how exactly it plays a role during the pandemic. But personally for me, it has created even more isolation and it has created a little bit more of the sense that I don't belong. Yeah. Because when you're rewarded for achieving and achieving and achieving and always, it puts you a little bit against each other. So mm -hmm. it's like a very competitive society, right? Where you like want to stand out and it doesn't matter like what happened to the other person as long as I'm okay. Hmm. And I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Like it's not even coming out from the pretty side of the business. It's like great, like my business is doing great. It's actually coming out from the ugly side of like, well, I'm not gonna wear my mask for you know, because this is my right. But but this like really like attitude of like And I'm not saying every person that I've met is like that. It's, it's definitely not. I've met amazing people here. But like kind of like a collect, collective consciousness of being individualistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's weird to like put those two together. But like a lot of people are thinking the same thing at the same time and wanting to get ahead without thinking of the other person. So I think that personally has created a little bit of like I don't know if call it resentment or like sadness and you know a little bit of the depression from understanding on like well I guess I gotta play the game if I want to like succeed here it is making the question do I do I need to continue living here maybe I don't maybe um I I I, I really don't know what the answer is to that. I don't want to say, and I hate playing this like, oh, my country is better than your country. Definitely not. <laughs> Colombia has so many different issues and so many challenges that I don't even want to get there. So I'm not trying to like play advocate or like, mm. oh, the United States is not a good country and my country is better because that's not true. I love, I love so many things from here. But that's been a really challenging, like a specifically challenging. It is dealing with this idea that I just want to succeed no matter what um, and creating a lot of isolation around that. Definitely not considering that 
if we help all of our community, then we're all helping. Even the efforts that supposed to be community efforts sometimes even have selfish like mm-hmm. interest oh, behind yeah. it. I've I've definitely worked for nonprofits <laughs> yes. where I've worked with some total narcissists. Like exactly, they're just in it because they're like, "Look at me," just patting themselves exactly. on the back. Exactly, that's exactly what I've like come to realize. Is like even in the spaces that you think people are like caring for the community, there's often like a, a personal like interest of the person, just like you describe it. So that's been a little disheartening, and I I don't believe in utopia. I you know there's always gonna be, but I miss the sense that it's like, man, if we all help. In this project, we can all do it together. I, I miss that a lot, and it creates a little bit of, of sadness inside me. Well, yeah. You even brought up the point about, you know, this isn't a competition between my country's better than your country. But that is, like, such a, an American, to me, an American way of thinking of, like, a collective consciousness on individualism and individuality. Like, we're so focused on, like, who's the best? Who's at the top? Who's number one? Who's building their brand? Like all that junk and garbage that doesn't focus at all on community. And so then when we have pandemics, we don't feel connected to other individuals. And because we're competing with those individuals. Yes, the competition thing, like when you said that, it just like really made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. you. What were you saying? Okay. Um, But uh, yeah, like, so I have really bad, I call it comparisonitis, uh, where... I always tend to be negative about myself and it's because I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. And I've, I've had the mantra the other day when I was journaling of just like, it's apples and oranges, like stop. You're not like no one else is like you. So trying to compare yourself to someone else. And it's all by these, like a lot of times it's these markers of like capitalism where it's like traditional ideas of success. But it goes into a lot of stuff like, you know, that I'm married, we haven't started making a family or anything, and then I see other people who are doing it faster than me, and it's mm-hmm. it's like this race. Everything's like a race. Yes. And Absolutely. It's like, it's really not good for mental health at all. I think a lot of my social anxiety stems from that comparisonitis. I felt it today just being around friends who have kids and who have bought houses because I live in an apartment and I don't have children, and it's like that comparing to them or even like i reflect on myself and be like okay like because i'm a high achiever i consider myself a high achiever and you know i'll do all these things all these professional developments and all these programs and all these different activities and it's like am i really doing this to benefit others am i doing this from a a good place or am i doing this to like build my brand and build me and like it's really, you know, something that I have to, like, kind of sit with and think about. And that makes me very uncomfortable to think yeah. about that. But I think it's important to, like, have to sit with that and think about that. So the fact that you're asking yourself the question shows me that you're not one of those narcissists who is really just... I mean, I think it's the being able to be self-critical piece that's really important. I'm so critical on myself. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. very good at that. Yeah, we're great at that. <laughs> Self-awareness. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So our last segment is gratitudes. So now we're going to talk about the things that we're thankful for. And that's a big part of like a gratitude practice. It's just awesome when it comes to mental health, like always thinking about the things that you appreciate. Uh, so I can start. 
I was feeling a lot of gratitude towards my mom this weekend. So she, she took the puppy at the last minute and she's just so sweet with like, she's, she's never had her own dog. Like we were a cat family. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't sure if she was going to be into it, but she's seriously treats our puppy. Like it's our baby. And she always like showers her with gifts. She told me she walked her for an hour and a half and then she's like, yep, and now we're going to go back and walk again. I'm like, you are spoiling her. We don't walk her that much. But she not only did that, but she like came over to my house to feed the cats. And she like folded my laundry and did the dishes, like stuff that I just forgot about. And she's just so like loving and generous. And like, I want to be more like her in that way. Because she just seriously like is so giving with her time, with everything and she's just a really cool lady. Oh, she's sweet. awesome. That is nice. That's so sweet. Well, I am grateful for many different things, but two things in particular. One, I'm grateful for just really good friends. Um, and this this comes back, back to what Louisa was talking about, what we've been talking about, just a, building that strong community and cultivating that community. And people that not only can I, like, you know, party with and hang out with, but people I can have, like, deep, meaningful conversations with. So... You know, having friends that make you dinner and go on walks with you or go on hikes to Jefferson Memorial Forest and get you lost, <laughs> which happened last weekend <laughs> with Louisa. <laughs> um, just having that opportunity to be in a space with someone, just another person. And, you know, you can talk about anything, but you can also be vulnerable with that individual is really important to me. And I'm very grateful for that. And I know a lot of people don't have that. And so I am, I'm incredibly grateful to have many friends who I, I feel comfortable doing that with and having those conversations with and being open with. And I think, you know, one thing that helped me was being open myself because I know that I tend to build a wall and I can be very, very private and very, very secretive and about everything and very much like standoffish and cold and distant. Um, <laughs> that's totally a depression thing too. Yeah. And that's, that's a thing. And I've struggled with that for years. And then whenever I take little, bricks or pieces off of that wall i just find my happiness grows because i'm letting people in i'm letting people see different sides of me i'm having those conversations with people that i might not have had before and it's always so rewarding for me so i just find it to be very very beneficial even if it's about my mental health and my own struggles i mean even talking to you all about like me questioning you know my achievements and if i'm doing it for the greater good or if i'm just doing it to pad my resume like i generally don't take those bricks off of that wall that is me right in the moment taking those things off the wall and so that feels good and but i'm just grateful to have friends and, and people who are around me to help me do that and help me feel comfortable that i can be vulnerable with them so that's really helpful and great very grateful for that second thing i'm grateful for i'm gonna prep my pop, prep dear god <laughs> i'm gonna uh prop myself up here i'm grateful for my brain yeah, no, weird thing to be grateful for, but no. So whenever I read a book, so I'm in a couple different book clubs, and I'll wa or I'll watch a documentary, or I'm just like thinking. I'm very much a person that just like will just think for hours about something, and I take out my phone and I have the little notes section on there, and I just write and write and write, and I have written like honestly on my iPhone probably thousands of notes. I mean, I delete a lot of them, but I write thousands of notes, and it's like I write them like like I'm writing a newspaper article because I used to work in journalism or I write them like I'm writing a speech because I've given some speeches here and there. So that's how I write. Basically, I don't really write like a story, but it's basically 
my feelings and emotions written in some way like that. And it's always, it's so helpful for me to process things because I'll read books that I need to read more like summer beach page turners. Cause I always read books that are just like, dear God, this brings so many emotions <laughs> to me. So I'll just be so angry. So I'm just like, okay, I can either sit with this and just boil it over and maybe walk out to someplace and respond negatively mm -hmm. to someone or with anger or whatever. But I'm just like, no, I'm just going to write it out. So I just write out all those feelings and emotions. And it's, I was reading some of them and I can't read them on air cause I curse. Uh, <laughs> but it was just really, it feels therapeutic, but also empowering in a way too. Cause I'm able to use that space to be creative and to be myself and to also just express myself. And maybe I don't share it with anybody. Maybe I post it on Facebook here and there, but the vast majority I would never share with anybody. And that feels okay. Cause I'm just like, okay, I got this out. I can think about it and process it. And it really does help me. And I read, read and consume many frustrating things. And I think about a lot of things. So just like, what am I doing with that? Am I just sitting with it or am I doing something with it? So I'm very grateful for my brain and how it works like that and how it's, I, I just read my notes and I'm just like, I can either laugh or be like, man, yeah, I'm right. I am so right right here. <laughs> or I'll be like, Hmm, I, I think differently about that now. So I like that too. And, uh, yeah. So grateful for friends and my big old brain. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> this is a super good, like reflective practice to do that. I like anyone who doesn't journal, like I so strongly recommend it, especially if you have mental health, issues that you struggle with it journaling is like it's seriously a game changer and i know it's one of those annoying things that therapists tell you and then you're like oh i don't want to do that like that sounds like work and it's not even going to help that much but it really does like once you start doing it proofs in the pudding guys and it I, really works and i find that i don't really like to write out in a journal so like with a pen and paper or pencil and paper I just use the notes section on my iPhone. And yeah, you always have your phone. So. Yeah, I have my phone on me, and I'm just like, ooh, okay, just go into it right now. It. Or if yeah. you see something frustrating on social media, it's like I could respond negatively to this person, or I could respond in my own notes section and see how that feels. And maybe yeah. sit with it and be like, okay, now I can post it. Or like, oh, maybe I'll just hold on to that one. Yeah. So. yeah. so, Louisa, what are your gratitudes? Well, I actually was writing about this. I journal a lot, too, so I every day I write and one of the things that I was is like what am I grateful for and I just kept in like pages <laughs> so like wow there's so nice. many things to be thankful for uh simple things like you know the air the water just the fact that we have everything to live right now even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and at least I'm healthy my family's healthy everybody is fine for the most part I'm, I'm just very thankful so but the one thing I'm very thankful for right now, it is my sense of resiliency. Don't know what other people are, so I not 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 propping myself and be like I am the queen of resiliency. But lately, I've realized of this amazing sense of getting up from places that could be really really dark, but I got myself out, and and it's becoming like better and better with time so it's like wow i feel like i'm working out my resiliency literally like it has become flexing those a muscles little flexing muscle of like 
it is really like putting me in a sad place and all of a sudden it was like mm -mm, I've been there before I've, I've done this I felt like this before this is familiar and I also have got, gotten myself out so let me check what in my book I had before for getting myself out of mm -hmm. these places um, so I'm feeling really thankful for it never to the point that it's like oh nothing can hurt me you know that, that doesn't happen but there is like a sense of like confidence and like I've been in places that have I felt deep hurt before and I've known myself and I kind of like became a really good friend to myself to get me out of those places. So I'm thankful and I'm thankful because I've, you know, I think if you mentioned it, you put it the time. I feel like I've put the time into that too. Like I put time and effort and like a lot of like talking to myself, writing to myself and like spending a lot of time to get to this conversation that I have. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I think it reminds me of two things there. One, we've survived all of our worst days. So like reminding myself that like, yeah, I've been through some crap and I've, I'm still here, still making it. But also I really like that you, the one aspect of journaling that I wish I did because you can always refer back to it and you can say, oh, see, on this date two years ago, I was feeling like real crap, but like now, like, so I know I can get through it. I know I've been there before. So you actually have like the evidence right there too. And I, th I find that really, that's really awesome. So yeah, guys, everybody journal and also know that you're an awesome, resilient person. Everyone who's listening to this, because you're still alive and you're still kicking and you're doing your thing. So yeah, showing that love for yourself and yeah, giving yourself credit because we all are resilient and so many humans are resilient. Yes, very true. Okay, well, guys, that's that's our show for today. We are out of time. I feel like I could keep talking forever. And uh, Louisa, thank you so much. And thanks for all that you've shared. I feel like I it's so good for me to get out of my like ethnocentric American mindset and just think about different ways of living. I think it's good for everyone to do that. Like, you know, just realize, like, even with mental health stuff, like, if you're you're struggling, like, you can go somewhere different and be like, oh, man, this way of viewing the world is way easier or, like, way better for me. Mm -hmm. So thank you so Thank much. you for inviting me so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Louisa. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, keep talking about your feelings, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.